This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I try with the best of my abilities to be prepared for anything, and I try to prepare you for anything. Um, One of the things that we really have to pay attention to is heat and being able to cook now this could be just from a power outage because of a storm uh this could be catastrophic failure whatever you have to be able to keep warm and you also have to cook and this is something that is great even if you're a camper but about three years ago we had a real bad storm here in texas and i was on the air wondering how are people heating their home how are they cooking well um uh, My Patriot Supply came up with something called Vesta. They researched and did uh, all kinds of work on this thing uh, for about two, two and a half years. And they have just released this product. It runs on canned heat that burns really, really hot. And yet it's totally safe. You light the fuel within minutes. You can boil water and heat a 200 square foot room at the same time. It's fantastic. MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We've got a great show for you today. We have Mike Pompeo going to be on. Uh, Mike Lee, who has an update for us on, did we blow up the Nord Stream pipeline? Uh, he has a, a powerful update coming up on the uh, program today. Also, I wanted to start with some good news. I wanted to start with w- really, truly one of my favorite, personal favorite guests. I love this guy. I could have him on uh, on the Glenn Beck listener uh, only uh, program every day. I love listening to this guy. He is one of the most brilliant people I know, and he watches future tech. His name is Jeff Brown. He's been on the program before. Every time he's on, ratings go through the roof. Uh, Apparently, you love him as much as I do. He is a high-tech expert, and he's known for his futuristic uh, predictions. Um, and he has not been wrong, as far as I know, on anything he's ever said over the last five years of knowing him. He's not been wrong on anything he said here. I wanted to end our our AI week with Jeff Brown. Uh, he is he's spot on and very optimistic. Usually, will that continue? He's coming in about a half hour, but I've got this podcast that we did yesterday that I want to play a few things that are, I think, positive. Things that, you know, what what is around, just around the corner, literally just around the corner, that give you hope, 
Jeff Brown in 60 seconds. All right, Good Ranchers is here. That is that's what I'm going to have for my birthday Super Bowl meal on Sunday. Yeah, that's right, Good Ranchers. Tanya said, what do you want? And we just had, uh, we had just gotten the uh, box of Good Ranchers, and I said, oh, I think you know what I want. And she went, ah, that used to take on different connotation when we were younger, but now I know you're just talking about a steak. Oh, yeah. Good Ranchers. Right now, you can get a great box from Good Ranchers of, of really good steak, hamburger, chicken, even fish. Here's the thing. Good Ranchers is working with the ranchers here in America, and they're looking for these guys that are just being browbeaten and really, truly, I think, intentionally being forced out of business. They're trying to save the Good Ranchers and provide you with good American meat. GoodRanchers.com. Go there now. Snag $30 off uh, your order with the promo code BECK. It's GoodRanchers.com. You can lock in the price of your meat uh, today. Meat's supposed to go up another 15%. Not if you're a part of Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com. GoodRanchers.com. So artificial intelligence has made tremendous strides in just the last three months and even the three weeks. AI uh, bots like ChatGPT are only the beginning. Uh, if you have ever tried the, the uh, search site uh, Bing, right? You don't have to ask Jeeves. It sucks. It doesn't suck now. Like this week, all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, wow, that's good. How did Microsoft and Bing do that? Chat GPT. Um, We have uh, Jeff Brown in studio in about a half an hour. But on the podcast that was released yesterday afternoon for Blaze TV subscribers, it's up on Blaze TV today, and uh, it will go out as my podcast uh, for Saturday, uh, wherever you get your podcast. He joined me to talk about predictions about the future right around the corner, um, and he gives me a, a preview of technology that is going to change our life. And he said there is one thing that is happening by the end of the year, I think he said, that will totally change everyone's life. And when I asked him to compare it to the iPhone, his answer is fascinating. It is a digital assistant. Now, imagine an assistant that, uh, you know, is on your phone and it's listening to everything you say. I know, I know it gets freaky, but it's listening to everything that you say. It reads all of your emails. It listens to all of your phone calls and it knows you. It's not, it's not like Clippy. Okay. It actually knows you. It comes preloaded on your phone with all of the information that Apple and everybody else is gathered on you. Your phone can come preloaded with all of your preferences. And then it learns quickly as you're setting it up. Okay, he's preference of this and this and this. And then over the next couple of weeks, it learns everything about you. 
So you get up in the morning and your phone just doesn't have a list of things to do. Your phone says uh, your assistant and it will be a an audio assistant uh, as well, not just like a little chat. And it will say things like, hey, I noticed that you were really stressed out. You and your wife had a hard time last night. Have you thought about getting away? And you would have been thinking about, I just got to get a couple of days away. My wife and I, we just need to get out. Well, I want you to know, you know your favorite hotel? Um, they're having a discount, and I worked out a special deal, and I even have the airfare, or, you know, I've already charted the course for the, the trip. Do you wanna, want me to pull the trigger on this? Because I've rearranged your schedule so you can do it. It knows everything and can take care of everything. All of the things, this is, as I said to him, this is almost like the washer and dryer. When our grandparents or great-grandparents were beating stuff on the rocks, and then my grandmother, I remember she had still in her basement one of the original washing machines with the ringer up at the top, and it was just an open tub. That saved so much time that women didn't have to worry about any of that. It it saved them hours and hours and hours just by being able to throw it in the washing machine. This is the kind of thing that is like refrigeration or washing machines that will totally change your life. And he says it's it's coming within the next 12 months. I want you to listen to a little bit of this. Tell me in the next year, what are the things that are coming out that excite you and would excite the average person going, wait, what? We can, what's coming? Yeah, yeah. The, the biggest one... The one that will be most tangible to all of us will be our, let's just call it a personalized digital assistant. Yeah. Just, just because the impact that it will have on our lives will be so significant and so meaningful. We will we'll feel um, an immediate change in how we interact with the, the computer in our hand. Name, tell me, when you talk about these things, mm. compare them to the impact of the iPhone, meaning... Everyone mm. says, oh, I can't. No, I, I can't live without my iPhone. Yeah. I mean, it's insane. Thir 13 years ago, we all lived without an, an iPhone. iPhone. <laughs> now you will not surrender that. Yeah. So that personal assistance compared to an iPhone, how, how significant is that? I, I think the, the attachment to that will be even more significant oh my gosh. than the smartphone. Will um, you know the, the uh, I'm fascinated by the idea mm. of the loss of free will mm. when you have something listening to you all the time, it is trying to make your life better, but it's also a product. Um, and it's suggesting it's listening to you and it's suggesting. Do you, I mean, you get to a point to where you're like, I don't know chicken and the egg. I don't know if that was my idea or if that was somebody, you know, or some yeah. algorithm's idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it depends on who's behind the curtain. Oh. Right? So I haven't found many good guys behind <sighs> curtains. It's you know, one of the first things that, that I ask whenever I'm looking at anything is, you know, where's the monetary incentive? Like, what's the business model? Mm -hmm. So Facebook, Google, let's take them as an example. These are advertising companies. They collect data and they sell access to the data. 
to generate advertising revenues. Very simple model, right? Mm -hmm. When you see these companies talk about what they do, it's all magnanimous. They're making incredible mm -hmm. contributions to society. Mm -hmm. They're connecting everyone mm -hmm. everywhere. Mm -hmm. right? For free. <laughs> For free. Yeah. We're the good guys. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so if the business model of the company that's offering the artificial intelligence is advertising, then we cannot and should not trust what we're being told to do. Because that tells us that products are being sold through this AI that very much feels to us as so natural, so comfortable. It's, it's right. so useful to us. So it, we, I think we really came to some uh, an understanding on what has to happen with AI. And chatbot GPT is the beginning of something that will allow you to control it. But you have to take back all of your information and privacy. And you can, if somebody will build like a chat GPT that I can use, that is mine, that is yours, and your information stays secure with you, then you're in a different world. We talked to him also a, a little bit about what are the things that are significant that are happening right now that nobody's really talking about. There was a remarkable um, research paper that was just published a few days ago on February 1st. It came out of DeepMind. So this is the mm -hmm. AI group that mm -hmm. Google acquired in 2014. From England, yes. They did AlphaGo, mm -hmm. beat all the best human Go masters. Mm -hmm. They did AlphaFold, which predicted more than 200 billion. How proteins fold, remarkable. The, one of the grand challenges of life sciences. And this was the computer scientists that did this, right? They just put out a paper that has incredible real-world uh, implications, and that is they, they combine the large language models that we've been talking about, so this body of knowledge, with something called um, uh, reinforcement learning, which is another form of artificial intelligence. And they gave it tasks. Now, what's interesting about this is the large language models are these big neural networks. So you've taken massive amounts of information, you synthesize this information, you optimize it, you gain confidence or a weight in certain outcomes, and then it produces an output uh, that hopefully you can, you can trust. Reinforcement learning is actually really good at dealing with complex tasks that aren't predefined. And so you mentioned AGI a little bit earlier. This is a critical element of AGI. So what's neat about the paper... Hang on just a second. Is this, does this... Is this any part of the Boston Dynamics uh, robot where the guy says, I don't have my tools? And no, it just, no, no. So, so, so that okay. was a bit of a PR stunt, but, oh, we'll, okay. but, we'll, but we'll get there. It's okay. still impressive. Okay. Um, very impressive. Uh, the reinforcement learning, though, is, uh, has the ability to be given a task and then figure out how to solve that task in an optimal way without any pre-given instructions. Wow. And they prove two things. One is, is that it works. This feedback loop, this combination of these large language models with reinforcement learning actually produces results. The AI, the combination of these AIs can perform complex tasks. That it had, had no instruction. It had no instruction on how to do, right? Um, the second thing is, the larger the language model, the, the larger the foundational knowledge that yeah, it has the better the performance was. 
Now it's becoming very cheap to train these large language models. I mean, mm -hmm. in, measured in the millions, not the hundreds of millions. Mm -hmm. uh, this paper has shown how to cross that line between kind of the world of software and the real world that has to interact with humans. So the chat, you, you know, you're still kind of in yeah, the yeah. software, mm -hmm. right? You're still this. If we take that technology and we put it into a robot, we give the robot intelligence. And then that robot can perform tasks that it doesn't have to be specifically trained to do. We get into uh, whether real um, consciousness is going to happen in this podcast. You don't want to miss it. It comes out tomorrow. Uh, for everybody, wherever you get your podcast. And it is on Blaze TV right now. You can watch it, and it will be up on YouTube as well tomorrow. The, um, the, the one thing I did uh, ask him, I said, what is, is there a game-changing thing that's happening right now? And he said, yeah, right now. He said, in the next 60 days, something that changes absolutely everything is happening. Uh, in fact, there's a story in the paper about it today, and most people won't even read it. They just don't. Ah, it's game changing. I'll tell you in 60 seconds. Jody writes in uh, with her experience on Relief Factor. She says, I'm grateful to be experiencing relief from all the pain that I used to have in my upper and middle back. I appreciate having some non-prescription, non-addictive things that I can take. And there's no side effects except for the positive ones. Thank you so much. Jody, thank you for writing in and giving Relief Factor a try. Um, what, she, what she said there is um, that it's non-prescription, non-addicting. That's really, when you're in really constant pain, that's all that's really left. But I'm telling you, Relief Factor can change your life. Jeff, when he sat down in an interview with me, he said, last time I saw you were in so much pain. He said, how are you doing with that? And I said, it's gone. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, it's gone. And it's Relief Factor. Try the three-week quick start. 1995 trial pack. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor. 70% of them go on to order more. ReliefFactor.com. That's ReliefFactor.com or call 1-800-4-RELIEF. 1-800-4-RELIEF. ReliefFactor.com. Feel the difference. 10 seconds. Station ID. All right, so there is um, one more piece, and then Jeff's coming in uh, because I ended the interview with. So, are you an optimist or a pessimist? Because this this stuff that he's talking about is game changing. Um, but I'm watching the the chat online from YouTube and Blaze, and uh, you you get it. You're like, oh, really? It listens to you all the time. I don't think so. And his answer was fascinating, and I wanted him to come on uh, and expand on that answer just a little bit. Uh, so he'll be on here in a second. But let me, let me share with you what he said about something that changes everything uh, in the next, really, 60 days, most likely. One of the most incredible things that will happen this year, in fact, we're weeks away, the launch. SpaceX will launch the Starship. I know. Now, are you going? I'm trying. To, I'm, I'm trying to talk to anybody to be able to get. Well, you're, you're a little closer. Uh, yeah. Than I am, but uh, I'll be jealous if you get to go. That's yeah. amazing. Um, yeah. First, first orbital flight of the Starship. Now, 
And this is, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. this is is this is slightly bigger than the Atlas V, the biggest rocket we've ever it's, made. It's massive. Unlike anything, anything, yeah. Yeah. anything that's ever been sent to space. It's extraordinary. But the best part. So let's just think economics here. This is where it gets really exciting. So before SpaceX um, built its Falcon 9 rocket, which is you know 62 launch, 60, 61 launches in 2022, sets a record. A single company does 61 launches in a single year. And we don't even talk about it. We don't even talk about it. Remarkable. Transformed the entire aerospace industry. Before the Falcon 9 came along, it used to cost roughly somewhere between fifty dollars and $55,000 per kilogram to get mm. payload into space, into orbit. Oh, my gosh. Per kilogram. Oh, my gosh. 2.2 pounds, right? Yeah. Fifty to $55,000. All right. Falcon 9 comes on roughly, roughly $4,000 a kilogram payload into space. Like 90% of the cost of getting payload into orbit, gone. One company, one rocket. That's how transformational the Falcon 9 was. But here it is. What happens with the Starship? The Starship can get payload into space, into orbit, for a hundred dollars a kilogram oh my gosh yes 97 and a half percent less cost to get payload into space so you got it wow we can do anything now if you need to ship up a compact nuclear fusion reactor you can. into orbit to get it to the moon for a manned moon permanent presence on the moon or on mars you can do it with that. Starship is the key to everything. Wow. It will transform yet again the industry. That's how meaningful and significant this single event is this year. So I knew it was significant, and I said to my kids, I'm like, we are going. I don't care if we have to, to stay at a little hotel across the water. Because I watched the last uh, space shuttle takeoff, mm -hmm. and, um, and I, just, I just know in my bones... This one is game-changing. This, this is, is a game moment in history. It is so exciting. This is, uh, we, we are, we talked about energy um, and how uh, abundant energy is going to be soon if we don't kill ourselves on the way or, or have others starve us to death along the way. This is the beginning of, of, ev of everything of everything you ever thought could be and the world's greatest freedom of mankind unless the man behind the curtain has different plans jeff brown joins me in just a minute live in studio to talk about that the downside and the man behind the curtain the next. glenn back program all right if you're a shooter uh I don't, I, I'm sure you've noticed ammo prices gone through the roof. And every time you go to the range, it is literally, I mean, I sit there and I fire and fire and fire and fire. And I'm like, how much is this costing me? It's horrible because you have to be good with your gun, but it's so expensive to fire your gun. And you're setting money on fire every time you try to get a little better. You can hire a firearms instructor on top of that, and that's worse. But getting good with guns, which is an essential part of being, you know, protective of your family and the freedom, 
is quickly becoming a rich man's game. This is why the Mantis X is out. This is high-tech, easy-to-use system. It is widely being used by the military, used by the Marines now. Um, they help you improve your shooting quickly. So you can dry fire or you can actually fire, and it doesn't just show you where you're hitting. It actually analyzes what you're doing wrong, and within 20 minutes, 94% of the shooters improve. Start improving today. MantisX.com. That's MantisX.com. Also, I urge you to become a member of The Blaze. We are a family, and we need to stick together. Please join us. It's about a price of a cup of coffee. Now, blazetv.com slash Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck program. We welcome now to the uh, program, Jeff Brown. I'm sorry, Jeff, I thought you were coming in. I'm glad we have you on the phone. On the phone. Uh, uh, we uh, were, I'm hearing uh, talk back a bit. Okay, so uh, Jeff, we were, we played a bunch of the really positive stuff that's coming our way. But I ended the interview asking you if you were a pessimist or optimist, because this is the best of times. This is the worst of times. Um, this technology is the greatest um, tool authoritarians have ever had by far, and it could enslave the entire world. First, is that hyperbole? Um, and if not, uh, are you optimistic or pessimistic, and why? Well, I... I wish I could say it's it's not hyperbole. Um, it's the worst case scenario is absolutely uh, a possibility. We can't discount that, um, and ignoring it would be, I think, even more dangerous for us. Um, but but perhaps history may be a good guide. You know, as we think back over the last 100 years, for example, you know, we've always been faced with uh, new technologies that were highly disruptive and could certainly be used um, for ill will. Uh, but so far, the world, society, uh, has found a way um, to continually bring out uh, more and more abundance um, for the world to lift uh, billions of people out of, uh, out of poverty and um, increase the quality of life and living for the entire planet. And so we, we have very good reasons to be optimistic about managing through this, uh, you know, next transition in terms of employing these incredible technologies. So I would feel like we, you know, nuclear weapons that could have killed everybody on the planet a hundred times over and killed the planet. Um, but we didn't because there was, we have common decency and intelligence. However, um, I don't feel like this is the 1950s where you have to talk about it and talk about it in a rational way. You know, the threats of nuclear war and what it means, like Eisenhower said, the military industrial complex. I see, uh, as we spoke about yesterday, I, I don't see a lot of good guys that have global power uh, and are in in governments. I don't see the Winston Churchills that are like, no, 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 wait a minute. That belongs to people. Mm -hmm. 
that, that, that that's a dramatic difference, isn't it? Uh, it is. I agree with that. And the, you know, perhaps another framework for us to, to consider that is that, um, nuclear weapons, you know, they're hardware, right? They're, they're, right. ICBMs, they're rockets, like we can count them, we can figure out where all of the silos are located, we can determine how much uranium is being enriched, and we can kind of uh, assess the threat level uh, and how much of it is out there. But with artificial intelligence, this is a completely new framework. It's software. Um, It's nearly impossible to understand um, how it's proliferating or how it's being used um, by bad actors. And, you know, uh, you, you, uh, have the, you have things like the World Economic Forum, where you've combined big tech, big business, big government, uh, and authoritarians who are arrogant. That's, uh, it, it can't fall into the hands of those guys. That's correct. Um, it is too much... Um, it's too much power uh, to be given to a small group of people who believe that they can make decisions on behalf of all of us. You, um, you've done a couple of things. You've, you're working on, you're looking for um, uh, people that will um, uh, run a company that would actually take like these chat GPT and take AI and make it so it is personal, so it can fight against, uh, you know, the the um, the the Chat GPT that's owned by Google or Apple or whoever, and it actually protects mm-hmm. the individual. Um, mm-hmm. Is that possible to do this? Uh, it, 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 it absolutely is, and I, I think there's even a. a a way to do it in a way that it does not become politically uh, polarizing. Right. So, uh, you know, you and I, yesterday we explored the idea of, of um, let's just creating an objective uh, uh, large language model um, that can be improved or enhanced, desired on the learner or the individuals or the group's particular uh, preferences. Right. Uh, by making kind of, let's just call it a, a core engine, a core artificial intelligence engine, and, and, and productizing that, and then allowing that engine to be uh, customized with additional inputs uh, as determined by, again, the individual, the learner, the right. group, you know, even a country perhaps could find value in that um, so that it's um, contextually relevant, so that it's socially relevant, culturally relevant, given whatever the needs of those individuals or groups uh, actually are. And that could be done, you know, without the kind of um, data surveillance models that are employed by the Googles and the Facebooks of this world. When you look at the surveillance models, I, I asked you, uh, and we never even got to this, but I asked you about whammy. I was reading about, um, what does that uh, stand for again? Uh, wide angle uh, motion imagery. And the way it's being uh, used, for instance, in China is terrifying. I mean, there is no escape at any time from being monitored, predicted, 
moved, uh, you know, recorded. I mean, it is terrifying. And whammy is starting to spread over the globe, is it not? We we have whammy. It's, it is. Well, you know, the, uh, the, the most prominent country historically has been the U.K., right? Right. In terms of the, the number of cameras and video surveillance of a population, it's really quite extraordinary what's happened uh, in the U.K., uh, but you're absolutely right. Obviously, the, the, um, the geography of, of China is much greater, so it's a harder problem to solve, but it's just infrastructure. Uh, and it's not just what's become more interesting. We talked about how the aerospace industry um, has really been transformed by SpaceX lowering the cost of right. launching kilograms to orbit by more than 90%. Um, that's resulted in a proliferation of companies that launch um, basically CubeSats or small satellites that are used for imagery from space. So this is, think about this as almost a complement or a supplement to cameras and video surveillance on yeah. the ground. These data sets, these video inputs are literally ingested into machine learning and forms of artificial intelligence to determine whether something is or isn't wrong um, as, as uh, defined or programmed by uh, whoever the overlords are that uh, feel that they need to monitor their uh, entire uh, population. So yes, this, the, you know, what technology can do, the problem previously wasn't the video cameras. It was how to analyze and ingest and provide actionable intelligence from all of the video. Humans can't possibly do that. It has to be automated. And the way it's automated is through machine learning and artificial intelligence. Um, I want to talk to you. We've got about three minutes left. Um, I want to talk to you about mm -hmm. project perceptron, this is a system that you and your team have built, and it, it uh, revolves around cryptocurrency. Can you explain what's coming in about 60 days? Um, well, or no, what, what's coming? Uh, I mean, it, it, it is launched, but it's not. Is it operable now? Uh, yes, I've been running. Um, I, I, I built my own artificial intelligence, a deep neural network. Um, and we took a very uh, kind of obscure data set, which is cryptocurrencies, digital assets, and we built it in a way where it's able to predict price movements. Um, so it predicts assets with, that will uh, rise in price uh, within a specific time horizon within 60 days. It's been an amazing project. It was an interesting way to apply artificial intelligence to uh, the investment markets. And um, I've actually been developing that even further to identify uh, price movements in uh, equities or stocks, uh, which is something that um, uh, I'll be uh, actually doing within the next uh, 30 or 60 days that I'm uh, very exciting about, excited about. It's, it's incredible technology because it can ingest an unbelievable amount of information and synthesize it and then be highly predictive in terms of uh, in terms of price direction. And how has it worked out with a cryptocurrency? Well, last year, 84% um, of its recommendations were profitable. So in the world of, in the world of trading, those types of numbers are uh, pretty incredible. And do, how, how, what is your feeling on cryptocurrency, its, its life, 
uh, with, you know, Britain just last week or was it this week saying that they mm. are launching their own, you know, uh, Bank of England, central bank cryptocurrency, and we're right behind them. We are. I, I, we've been in a very antagonistic um, policy environment for digital assets of all kinds. Um, and I believe that that's been done on purpose. Oh, I yeah. believe that the U.S. government has been holding the whole industry back, at least in the United States, because they want to carve out their role in this space, specifically the U.S. dollar, central bank-backed digital currency, and e-dollar, whatever we, we call it. Uh, and I think we're in for a very big surprise uh, in, the, in the coming months. Um, the Federal Reserve Bank of Boston uh, had collaborated with MIT last year yep. and finished a major project, Project Hamilton, I'm sure you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that work was just wrapped up. And I believe that they are gearing up for the launch of this digital currency, um, digital wallets for all, uh, uh, all Americans. And once that happens, once, once they've defined exactly what role they're going to play, then I think the regulatory environment will open up for the entire blockchain industry and for other digital assets. Um, they, they were threatened by stable coins in particular. Uh, and once they've, once they've settled that uh, and settled their role, then um, I'm actually optimistic and bullish about the industry moving forward once that happens. Really? You don't think they're going to try to trap all of us? Because, I mean, once they have control, digital control of Every dollar that is ever tra- uh, traded, they have complete control of people. The, the risk, the risk, given you know whatever the prevailing political narrative is, is this you know social credit system uh, uh, similar to what's uh, being employed in in China. That's that's my biggest fear, um, because a digital wallet can can very quickly turn into a means of control. Uh, of your money and your life and uh, and your actions and your behaviors. Jeff, could you hold um, on the phone? Like, could, could I just, because I, I, I want to ask you about the battery passport um, and we never got to it. Can you hold for a couple of minutes and, and just maybe spend two minutes with me on explaining that in a minute? Sure. Yeah, okay. okay. Let me take a quick break. Um, portions of the program sponsored by Preborn. Well, Preborn, um, thinking about hearts, the heartbeat is the reason why so many babies are born. Um, His or her heart will beat 54 million times before a baby is born. Happy Valentine's Day. Over 200,000 babies that Preborn Pregnancy Network has rescued so far. Their sweet heartbeats uh, are, are all made possible by your generosity. Here's what happens. Preborn has these centers and they're all in the real abortion uh, states where it's really, really bad. They keep them close to Planned Parenthood and they they offer women who are coming in and thinking about having an abortion just a physical checkup. Let's just see the baby. And they say, I'm coming in. I want to have an abortion. These centers don't provide abortions, but they do do all of the health and everything else. And they give them an ultrasound. It costs $28 for an ultrasound. They give them to these women for free. When they hear the heartbeat and they see the baby, they're twice as likely to say, I want to keep the baby. It's a way for it's a window to the womb, if you will. 
Share heartbeats, will you? This Valentine's Day, just dial pound 250. Say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. Or go to preborn.com slash Beck. That's preborn.com slash Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We're talking to uh, futurist scientists, uh, I mean, just a tech guru, uh, Jeff Brown, about uh, the future and what's coming uh, digitally. The World Economic Forum is pushing something called battery passports. And can you explain them and why they might be a problem? We have about a minute and a half, two minutes. Okay. Um, You know, this is is an odd an odd initiative. Um, you know, the idea is that there is essentially uh, this body, this organization that facilitates the installation of uh, a small module into every electric vehicle that can independently monitor um, the battery usage, um, how it's used, um, how the car is driven, uh, obviously environmental uh, data that comes in and, um, you know, how the battery is charging and discharging and aging. And why would they want this information? Uh, it's, it's odd. I think at the surface, they talk about, uh, things like transparency and sustainability and tracking the lifestyle of batteries before they are Uh repurposed for other things. But, you know, it's an odd, odd initiative because right. this is typically the realm of the manufacturer and right. everyone that has an EV, they already have this information you know, available to them. It, it seems, Jeff, uh, the word passport seems to uh, seems to be a kind of an, an interesting uh, little possible tell. Jeff, we're out of time. Thank you so much. Brownstone Research founder, chief investment analyst. You can find him at brownstoneresearch.com. Brownstoneresearch.com. His name is Jeff Brown. The Glenn Beck Program. I think one of the best secretaries of state we have had in in modern history um, is Mike Pompeo. The things that he and Donald Trump accomplished on the world stage, especially with every gun and insure uh, in intelligence agency, every global leader and every dictator wanting to stop them and shut them down. What they accomplished 
is mind-boggling, mind-boggling, even if they were friends with everybody. Mike Pompeo, he was the former CIA director. He wrote a book, and it is wildly frank. I think it is the most open and frank book of any of these kinds of books of people that have served in past administrations uh, that I've seen. He's just not afraid. Um, the, uh, the book is called Never Give an Inch, and Mike Pompeo joins us in 60 seconds. Doesn't happen very often, but once in a while, something good gets even better. And uh, let me tell you about the new MyPillow 2.0. It has the patented adjustable feel of the original MyPillow. Now has brand new exclusive fabric that is made <laughs> with temperature regulating thread. I, I don't know. What? MyPillow 2.0. Now buy one, get one free for a limited time with the promo code BECK. Made with that temperature regulating technology and 100% made in the USA. Pillow comes with a 10-year warranty, a 60-day money-back guarantee. So just go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener special square, buy this, get one, buy one, get one free uh, offer on the MyPillow 2.0. Enter the promo code back 800-966-3117. MyPillow.com. Mike Pompeo. Mike, how are you, sir? Glenn, I'm great. How are you today? I'm I'm really good. I've been looking forward to this. I hope we find time to sit down for a uh, a longer podcast because I promise uh, you I'll do it. Okay, good. Um, I, I've got so many things for you, but I want to start with something that is in your book that I absolutely love. When you when you met uh, Kim Jong Un uh, in North Korea, uh, the meeting began with Kim saying what to you. It was really quite something. Uh, Easter weekend, 2018, clandestine mission, uh, dark night, flew in, uh, met with Chairman Kim. I had one colleague with me from the CIA. And the first thing he says to me, I I walk in, there's lots of theater. uh, And we walk in and he says, Mr. Director, I was the CIA director at the time. He said, Mr. Director, I did not think that you would come since you've been trying to kill me. (laughs) Obviously Obviously through a translator. And I remember, Glenn, you'll appreciate this. I'd prepared for this. We'd studied. What what might he say? This was not on the bingo card. And so so I I remember I hear the translator. I pause for just a second, and I thought, well, that's pretty tough. And I said, said, Mr. Chairman, you should know. I still am trying to kill you. Oh, my God. (laughs) My my colleague colleague smiled. Andy Kim, a great guy, smiled. And... uh, and then the translation hits him, and he laughed too, which was a very yeah. hard thing to face. Yeah, that's a, that's it is kind of a, that's good when you're standing with a dictator yeah. who kills people, and he's on his turf. Uh, he knew it was tongue in cheek a little, in the same way that his barb at me was. But I right. think it also set the course for the relationship that we built right. over the coming years. Um, how would you describe the American deep state? Um, and and did you see it in action? And and what is it exactly? Oh, Glenn, it's uh, yes, I saw it. It is real. Uh, you, one can describe it as the deep state or the resistance. But here, here's what it really is. Here's how I came to experience it. Uh, really at the State Department, plus, oh, plus at the agency, to be honest with you. Um, this, it, is a, it is a left of center, left of left, perhaps left of center bureaucracy that is deeply of Washington, D.C., deeply mm-hmm. establishment. And so when you have someone like President Trump or me, who says those didn't work? We're going to try it a different way. We're going to take a little more risk. We're going to we're going to defend America first. 
Oh my gosh, Glenn, it was a mess. I bet it they was. resisted what we did. They undermined. They would leak memos. I saw memos in the press before they got to my desk, Glenn, so many times. Um, and this is problematic, uh, not because of me. It's problematic because that's not what the Constitution requires. It's not how our founders thought about America. And so the next president, it's going to take, so, it's a, it's a, it's a boatload of work. It's going to take a while, but this could be fixed. How can a president come in, be elected? Because I, I'm concerned. I, I agree with term limits, but term limits also for people who are serving in Washington, D.C., in all jobs, all levels. Um, how do you, how can you clean this up without shutting it down and, you know, did you unplug it and plug it back in? That's pretty much what we have to do. <laughs> no, that's a great that's a great analogy. Yes, unplug it. So you got to you got to break it down. Uh, and by the way, not just the State Department. Uh, good parts of the Justice Department, most especially the Civil Rights Division, uh, the entire Department of Education. These places are lost. And so, yes, the next president. Uh, there's two things I'd say. First, you got to get your team on the field. One of the things we did not do is we were two years into the administration, and we still had. Obama people occupying political positions. You just, that's just a failure. And we got to get good at that. The conservative movement has to get good. Just like we have to collect and harvest ballots, we've got to get good at being fearless about terminating the bad yes. guys and promoting the good guys. We do. And then, second, big, deep structural reforms inside these. And it'll cost political capital. And I can see why a president would not do that. You've got a million things. But this is a lasting change that one can make about how you do hiring, how you get rid of DEI programs. How you, we had three unions at the State Department. Glenn, nobody even knows this. Every one of my career employees was covered by a collective bargaining agreement. You can't promote merit. You can't fire those who aren't on the team. Mm. This is a calamity. And it, but it is fixable. You put a good team in. You put good cabinet members in. They hire the right folks. You can clean it up. It will take years, I'll be honest, because you have to get the feedstock right. The talent that comes in has to be American patriotic, not about being part of the Washington establishment, but it, it, it is doable with serious and thoughtful effort. I, I'm sure you know that I'm I'm one of the chief conspiracy uh, conspiracy theorists on the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, do we have a lot of time? I mean, it is very concerning with tech and the way it seems the entire West is is throwing in their lot with uh, a, a, very, a very authoritarian style uh, plan. I'm very concerned about it. Uh, time is short, not hours, days, weeks, months, but we are, we are on the precipice of heading down a direction. Glenn, you know this. It starts in the schools. Break, yep. Teach kids garbage. Teach kids crap. If parents don't know what's going on there, yep. the next generation doesn't understand logic, reason, the things that right, the things that we know prevent us from being in a, a liberal, small l liberal society that has made America such an exceptional civilizational hero. Uh, we got to get it right. It's um, it, it is a collective. It is in all of our big institutions. I'm, I'm very worried. I was a soldier a long time ago. Now I'm worried about our military headed down that same path of forgetting what its mission is. It is. That is an institution that is central to culturally and from a security perspective. And when we get these things wrong, Glenn, hard to get back from. We're talking to Mike Pompeo. He has a book out that is extraordinarily frank and great. It's called Never Give an Inch. Uh, he's a former CIA director and former U.S. Secretary of State. Um, let, me, let me ask you a couple of questions here. Uh, first of all, uh, Ukraine. Uh, 
I mean, I've done enough research on Ukraine and the Biden administration and the and the Obama administration that is deeply corrupt. Um, I, I, I don't mind, you know, aiding and praying for and even helping privately, you know, the people who want to be free. But uh, I'm very concerned where we're going on this because it 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 appears to me everybody who is in charge is like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. We're going to war. Do you agree with tanks being sent over and offensive weaponry? Glenn, I, I actually do, but not for not for the reason that some have articulated. You, your, your predicate there is exactly spot on, and I talk about this a little in the book, and you're right. It's a pretty wide open yeah. document. Yeah. I, I, uh, uh, it's got, you know me long enough, Glenn. I just, this is how I think about something. So I, I, not for the reasons often articulated. Ukraine's got huge corruption problems, but my concern is about the American people. We lost deterrence, right? You know, Vladimir Putin didn't invade Europe on our watch. He right. took a fifth of Ukraine under Obama. He went at it again as soon as we left under Biden. We, we, cannot, we cannot allow him to continue to roam about Europe freely. It's, uh, we, the innocent civilian lives are tragic, but there's an American interest there. It's not, but and I think we could do this. He hasn't asked for our kids yet. We shouldn't send our young men and women. He didn't want the 82nd Airborne. He's just asking us to provide him with tools and capabilities. And that's the quickest way to bring this to a conclusion. And the quicker it concludes, the less likelihood that Putin does something really dumb that draws the whole world into this damn thing, which is a real danger. And, you know, I, I spent a fair amount of time with Vladimir Putin. I'm, I'm more concerned about it than others. I think he is not going to go quietly into the night. So if we can get the Ukrainians what they need, they're prepared to have their own kids fight and die. That's something that matters to every American. And we ought to try and get it right there. So, um, uh, I, um, Mike Lee spent a lot of time yesterday uh, looking at this Seymour Hirsch uh, article and trying to track down. He's coming on the air in about an hour to tell me what he what he found. He said uh, initially he was disturbed because he didn't believe it, but he also kind of did. I mean, he, he didn't he was he said and I hate to put words in his mouth, but he was like, I, these are the kinds of things that now we do need to actually seriously question because. These kinds of things could happen, um, but he didn't think it was true. As former CIA director, the Nord Stream pipeline, do you think we had anything to do with that at all? Let me let me begin by saying I don't know. I don't have access to that kind yeah. of information any longer. But uh, see, that's that what is, Mike was uh, saying. He did. He was yeah. disturbed he, he, that he by the way, didn't he should know. Have access. He's a United States senator. Right. He should have access to that. Right. I'm glad he's going to go. Go suss it out and figure out what happened there. I'll say this. Uh, Joe Biden wouldn't shoot down a balloon over Montana. The chance he would blow up a pipeline that belonged to the Germans seems low to me. Okay. <laughs> it, just, All right. it, it seems out of it seems out of character. Good. OK. Uh, in, but but goodness, we should figure it out. Look, I think it's I think it's more likely than not that the Russians actually did this. I've read the piece. There are a couple comments uh, from Victoria Newland, who works State Department. Yeah. Uh, who worked at the State Department and from the president himself, they're kind of odd statements. So we should go figure it out. But my my sense is, if I was, if you maybe take my own money, I think this was a Russian operation aimed at uh, denying energy to what they thought would be a cold winter in Europe that just hasn't panned out. And the spy uh, Chinese spy balloon. I mean, we spent a million dollars on a rocket to shoot it down with a you know forty million dollar plane, and <laughs> and then what? And then what are they saying? They're saying, oh yeah, well, it was not a risk. Well, then why did we shoot it down? What I mean, uh, what is they have, this? They have, they have dissembled since the beginning. 
this was a spy operation by the Chinese Communist Party. They were clearly collecting at least imagery pictures, probably uh, signals too, trying to listen to what was going on. And they were also testing our air defenses. And finally, they were testing President Biden yeah. uh, to see what he would do. And, you know, I, someone asked me yesterday, would, would this have flown over America that way for five days under the Trump administration? No and I said, yes, and I would have been the former Secretary of State very quickly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, so uh, and it was funny, Glenn, you remember they came out and first said, oh, this happened under Trump. And we all came out and said, no, it didn't. You know, I, I, I guess we were all just smoking dope, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> never, come on. And, and the truth of the matter is that we know they lied. Uh, no one knew about this before. This was this was uh, this was a blunder on their watch. Not so much about the collection. Okay, that's some risk. But Xi Jinping now is confident that he can push this president around, and that right. you know that deterrence model that we had, Glenn, that was so important to the American people. When you lose that, you just you you create space. The uh, what's the old Southwest Airlines line? Uh, feel free to move about the cabin. Right. I think the bad guys are feeling pretty damn free to move about the cabin. And if you live in Arizona, Tennessee, or Montana, that creates an awful lot more risk to your kids and grandkids. Uh, is China the risk I think it is? And um, is it uh, how much of a role does the business dealings of the Biden administration or Biden and his family have to do with giving China a pass on so much? Boy, I don't know if that's the motivation for their failure to confront this greatest threat to the United States, the Chinese Communist Party. It, it could be we should get to the bottom of everything that's on that laptop and figure out where the leverage might be from the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, not just not just President Biden, but lots of folks in his administration were doing lots of business in China before they came into office. Oh, I, I mean, Mitch McConnell is a big one, too. Down. Mitch we McConnell. Should, by the way, totally not partisan. Get this right for America. This isn't about D's and R's or, you know, putting on the yellow helmet or the blue helmet. This is this is about protecting the United States. Glenn, they're inside our institutions all across America. I know they are. They're inside our universities. Uh, they had a massive spy operation being run out of the consulate in Houston, Texas, that I shut down. And we just, we'd let it go on for years. When If we get a chance to do the podcast, I'd love to spend more time because my fear from the Chinese Communist Party isn't about something that might happen in Taiwan or Japan or Vietnam. It's, here. it's what's happening inside the gates here. And every American should be aware of it. And we should protect ourselves. And, and we can and we can be successful. And I believe we will. I see no evidence this president's prepared to do that. Well, Mike, I appreciate your time. And, and we will all my, my office reach out to yours today. And uh, let's book some some time on a podcast because uh, we'll make it happen. Yeah, Glad you have bless a you. lot of information. Thank you so much. God bless. Thank you, sir. You bet. Um, former secretary of state and former CIA director and author of the book, never give an inch. Mike Pompeo back in a minute. Deborah wrote in about her experience with relief factor. She says, my wonderful husband ordered relief factor for me when I wasn't, when I was feeling pretty bad. Uh, I have uh, rheumatoid arthritis and relief factor has helped me tremendously. I noticed around the second week uh, of taking it that things were beginning to get better. And I have to admit, I was skeptical, but now I swear by it. Thanks and all the best, Deborah. Deborah, thank you. Thank you. If if you are in this situation or somebody you love is in this situation, please just convince them to try it for three weeks. It may not work, uh, but 70% of the people who take it go on to order more. They find themselves just like Deborah and just like me, skeptical. Uh, me, I'm not, I was more than skeptical. It's not going to work. 
And I'm telling you, it changed my life, and obviously it's changing uh, Deborah's life as well. ReliefFactor.com. Get the three-week quick start, ReliefFactor.com, or you can call 800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF, 800-THE-NUMBER-4-RELIEF, ReliefFactor.com. Feel the difference. 10 seconds, station ID. We have uh, uh, Jason Buttrill uh, with us, and uh, he has been uh, following uh, all the things that are going on. Uh, former intelligence, uh, military intelligence, and, and head writer and researcher of the Glenn Beck program. What do you think of Pompeo's answers here? He's so candid about everything. He is. I, I like how it seems, I really like him. I do, too. It's like nothing is out of bounds. I, yeah. I, I, I heard something. Maybe I'm, I'm just overanalyzing when he was talking about the Chinese spy balloon. And he eventually, he, the last couple of things he said that were really important is gauging reaction. You know, that's what the Chinese were doing to Biden. I think that's straight 100% dead on. Oh, I, 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 that's what I said. What intelligence are they gathering intelligence? I said, yeah, the most important intelligence they're gathering is can we penetrate their airspace and have them not do anything about it? Exactly right. And also, it's a nation of, fa- you know, saving face, you know, honor. Um, this made Biden look stupid. It, it really did. Yeah. And this thing now, I'm, I'm looking up on the TV and it was talking about how, you know, there was antenna on there for signals intelligence. And I guarantee you the NSA is cracking up right now. Uh, do we really think China needs a hot air balloon, 1700s technology to put a, a radio antenna to gather signals intelligence? I mean, the, right now there's an NSA analyst at Fort Meade who's currently deciding whether he's going to listen to the cell phone of somebody in Iraq or his girlfriend's cell phone to see if she's, you know, running around behind his back, which he suspects he's cracking up. What, is, what should I do with my work time? He doesn't need a hot air balloon to have that capability. He has the capability to do both. And so China when does he too. said, and you hear this too, when he said, um, you know, they were, they were listening in on communications. What, the way it was posed was they were, they were listening in uh, on, uh, on all kinds of communications uh, and cell phones and what people were saying on the ground. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Right? No, well, yeah. You, I mean, you can do that, you know. If, right, it, but why would you? Why would you when you have the b- better capability to do it, you know, in another way? I mean, it's just ridiculous. I have fi- when they finally dig up this wreckage, I have I have to suspect that they're not going to dig up the wreckage. It's just, it's, even if they did, it'd be like pictures of Xi Jinping, you know, like yeah. give him the bird, you I know, mean, or something I mean, like yeah. that. <laughs> I mean, there's no way they're down with scuba gear, you know, looking. Why? What? What are you looking for? The missile hit the little metal box. (laughs) I mean, if that box wasn't obliterated with a million dollar missile, then I, I, I have a feeling we we've been ripped off with our missiles. Uh, Good heavens. They're down under sea now looking for sifting through the sands to see if they can find any. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to find a big, reel-to-reel tape recorder uh, <laughs> there. Unbelievable. Thank you so much, um, Jason. You bet. Um, we, have, uh, we have so much to cover yet. I, I, next hour, I'm going to tell you the story about what is going on with the, um, with the FBI and Catholics. There was some stuff released yesterday from the FBI, memos uh, violating the civil rights of Catholics like crazy and calling them terrorists. 
Uh, I'll, I'll show you and read the memo to you. But there is a weaponization that we all know, but it has got to stop. And we talk to Mike Lee in just a minute. Stand by. The Glenn Beck Program. All right, Rough Greens. I want you to meet naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black. A few years ago, uh, he came in and he was talking about Rough Greens and he was not an advertiser at the time. And I said, well, I, I don't use any products or advertise any products that I don't use and believe in. And he said, well, let me send you a couple of bags. And I said, he said, you know, how's your dog? And I said, he just doesn't eat. If you could just get him to eat it's worth the price of admission. And he said, not only will he eat, he will, you'll see changes, healthy changes over the next year or so with, with your dog. Well, I started feeding Uno, and the first time I put his food down, he gobbled the food. And generally speaking, he still does. I mean, maybe once every two weeks he looks at it and like, yeah, but you guys are going away and I'm sad. Um, if Rough Greens has all of the good stuff that they need, antioxidants, probiotics, vitamins, minerals, get your first trial bag free, roughgreens.com slash Beck. Trial bag free, just pay for shipping, roughgreens.com slash Beck, or call 833-GLEN33. Do it now. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Also, subscribe to blazetv.com. If you use the promo code SOTU, you're going to save 20 bucks. The offer ends today. I want to bring on uh, Louisiana Attorney General who has made an awful lot of difference and is one of these Attorney Generals that are in there fighting. Um, he's also running for uh, governor of Louisiana. He is currently in the um, in the lead, the favorite. Um, <clears throat> and, I mean, it would be, I think, another uh, Ron uh, DeSantis kind of uh, uh, governor, hopefully. Uh, because Jeff is a very strong attorney general. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Ken, great, great, great to be with you and, and all your listeners out there. Really appreciate it. And yeah, you're right. You know, there's only three states in play this year, uh, which I think is a big year. You know, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Kentucky, both Kentucky and Louisiana have Democrat governors. And so uh, here in Louisiana, we're trying to do our part to, to put the governorship back in a conservative's hands. Right. Um, you just released some. Uh, you released something uh, this week on protecting kids from the uh, libraries, uh, from the explicit books in the libraries. Can you tell me uh, about this and and uh, how it's going? Yeah, look, we want to make sure that our libraries uh, are still the place that, that that the libraries that me and you grew up in, right? Uh, the place where our moms and dads could drop us off and, and we could go around the library, find books of interest and, 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 and start to really expand our minds. You know, it's, it's where kids really start to enjoy and see who they are. Mm -hmm. And what happened was about six months ago, we started getting calls from parents 
who were finding books in libraries that were very offensive. Uh, a lot of, you know, I mean, quite frankly, it almost looked like you were, uh, it was like a book on pornography. Yeah. And, and, and we got concerned. And so we launched an investigation. Um, you know, we run an Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force at the Attorney General's office. So we see a lot, a lot of bad things and, and, and crimes against children. And so we launched this investigation. We opened up a hotline so parents could call and tell us what they were finding. We went, we found some of these books, we, um, and we compiled a, a report. And then we released that report this week. You can go on our website at agjeffandrew.com. That's our official website. And, and if you are 18 years or older, and, that, and that's, how, that's how offensive I believe what we found on the shelves was, was that I wouldn't even let this report be read or accessed by anyone that's, not, that's under 18. Um, and this report lays out why, you know, what we found, and if there are parents out there that believe that children should not be exposed, should not have unfettered access to these types of books, then this is the way under which they can go about ensuring that their library and their community um, uh, protects their kids. Uh, and, and then, look, we're seeing this all over. And, and quite frankly, I think it's like a desensitization of children. We're trying to expose children to more and more um, adult content. Uh, and, and, and quite frankly, I think it's harmful. I really do. Uh, but, but again, our report gives parents the power to be able to change that policy at their libraries. And that's what we did. So can you tell me, um, um, how do you defend against people saying you're book burning? This is, we don't ban books in America. Yeah. Well, anyone who, tells me that, I tell him, you go read that report and then call me back. Uh, because, because we took, look, the people who compiled that report, we've got some great people that work at the Louisiana Department of Justice, very smart lawyers, mothers, parents, fathers, uh, who helped us compile this report. And this report has nothing to do with censoring or banning books. This is all about content. I mean, look, think about this. Glenn, my Netflix account gives me an opportunity to set, put a setting on it so that a young child can get on my Netflix account and watch anything. Right. And me and you, when me and you were, were growing up, uh, we went to the cinema. If we were under, what, 17, 18, you couldn't get in an R-rated movie. Okay? I mean, like, I, these people that make all these accusations, they're just crazy. I mean, they really are. I mean, all they're out there to do is just, you know, it's, it's all gaslighting. You go, Glenn, anyone who says that, I encourage adults out there to look at the things that we found in the library and then ask yourself, do you want a five-year-old, a 10-year-old, or a 12-year-old walking in the library pulling that book yeah. and seeing the graphics yeah. in it? And they're clearly made for kids. They're graphic novels. Um, and just just go to agjefflandry.com, uh, and up at the top it says Protecting Innocence. Click on that link, and uh, you'll see the full report, and then model legislation as well, so other states can uh, enact uh, some legislation like this as well. Um, Jeff, tell me what you're doing about the, um, uh, the, the ATF and coming after um, uh Pistol braces. Yeah, look, let me tell you, 
Glenn, there is no one who appreciates the Second Amendment more than me. In fact, I, I tell people it's the Second Amendment that guards the First Amendment. It is. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's no one out there uh, through our Solicitor General's office in Louisiana. And look, we got some great Republican AGs around the whole country uh, that, that continue to defend uh, the Second Amendment. We're going to go in there and we're going to challenge ATF is what we're going to do. I mean, we've seen, and look, we're good at it. Uh, for, for listeners out there, you want to check us out? Louisiana is number one in the number of lawsuits against the Biden administration and winning. Uh, and we don't do it by ourselves. We're joined by great states like Indiana, Missouri, Arkansas, Florida. Um, the list goes on and on. Mississippi. Uh, and, and, and we're just going to take them to task. And that's the only thing we can do until Congress actually starts becoming functional. So do you believe, Jeff, and I've, I've asked uh, you know, our Texas Attorney General the same question. Do you believe you'll get action? Because people are going to be named felons. Uh, in what it's about 90 days now from from now uh, and if you don't do exactly what they said and so people who own guns that are now you know under restriction uh, because they just with a stroke of a pen changed the definition you you could go to prison for 20 years when 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 will the gun owner know okay you're safe don't worry well, we're hoping to get an injunction on that. Ken Paxson's a great attorney general in Texas. Uh, we work with his, his office. He's kind of like, you know, Texas is kind of like the 800-pound gorilla in the Republican yeah. attorney general world. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I, we'll know if, if we can get the judge to grant us an injunction against it. Um, you know, and, and, and so so hopefully um, we'll get a ruling on, 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 on the case. And uh, and the judge and them will say no 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 you can't you can't charge them with a felon on this this is stepping out a little bit look we've seen we've seen some great actions by Republican attorney generals uh, over the last twelve fifteen years hmm. uh, taking on the federal government protecting people's liberties look I can tell you Glenn it's one of the reasons I really enjoy my job I love being the attorney general um, you know I spent a term. In Congress back in 2010, right? You remember those days? Yeah, I do. The, 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 the first big revolution. Mm-hmm. We tried to warn everybody what was coming, and um, and 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 what I've realized is that right now, unfortunately, policymaking is being made in the courts. I don't like it; it's dysfunctional. Um, but but that's why you got Attorney General. So I, we're hoping we can get a, a federal judge to take a look at this, grant us an injunction, and then uh, and then so gun owners out there and, and, and those that that enjoying their second amendment can go about, um, so, you know, their business. Um, Jeff, you're running for governor of Louisiana. And I saw a story today taking on the ATF on this, uh, uh, gun rule, the governor of, I think it was Montana who said, we're just not going to enforce it. That's that. I mean, that, well, I appreciate every effort that is, can't be the answer, Right. We no, have I mean, listen, I, I, I certainly applaud him Me too. Uh, for taking a stand. Right. You know, um, it, it, it shows, I think that what he's doing shows how broken our system Correct. has become. Uh, I think that it also highlights the fact that, you know what, look, the states, are, the, the federal government is a byproduct of the Constitution, Glenn. I mean, the states and the people 
uh, or who are supposed to be governing us. That's, that's the independence of it. The federal government, we have the tail wagging the dog. But no, it's not the answer. The answer uh, is, number one, to get the courts to strike this down, to get the courts to continue to put the executive back in its sandbox. And then once and for all, hopefully, praying that Congress will start reining all of this in. Um, or the states just basically tell the federal government, look, you're just out of your box. And the federal, and we get the courts to agree with that. And that's what we do every day, Glenn. That's exactly what we do, whether it's a Second Amendment issue, whether it's tackling the EPA who are crushing jobs, increasing inflation, right? I mean, the, the price we pay at the pump, I can't tell you the inflationary cost of just what the EPA does oh, and the stranglehold that they've gotten. Um, pushing back against ESG, uh, pushing back against woke corporate boardrooms. And I'm telling you, it's like a rich target environment out there. Uh, and it's sad. Uh, well, I'm glad you're on duty, sir. I am really glad you're on duty. And uh, uh, keep up the good work, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you again soon. God bless. Well, well, Glenn, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. God bless. Can't wait to... Talk to you again soon. You got it. Jeff Landry, Louisiana Attorney General. I'm telling you, it is the attorney generals that are truly changing things. Uh, Governors can do it, but I haven't seen a long list of governors that are moving at the same speed uh, as some of the attorney generals are, even though the attorney generals generally are working with the government or the governors. They're they're not. Exactly. But, you know, there's there are teams out there. Um, Ron DeSantis is just kicking it. And uh, we need all the good governors and attorney generals. I've never paid attention to attorney general. Uh, well, I got to look at who's our attorney general. I never I never paid attention to that. You know, as a younger, you're like, I, I don't know. That is really that and the sheriffs are the last line of defense. You've got to have a strong attorney general that understands the Constitution and the Tenth Amendment. Back in a minute. When I tell you you should do your own homework, part of what I mean is you should ask the right questions of the right people. But how, how do you know what the right questions are? Who are the right people? Well, uh, there's not a lot of right people in a lot of industries. Um, and, you know, your pimple-faced cousin who's moonlighting between shifts at Starbucks, I don't think is the right person to ask to, you know, sell your your most uh, valuable uh, investment probably in your entire life. We've developed a free service for you, and we have taken all of the best, uh, the, the best attributes and best practices, put them together, and then said, let's find the people who live their life this way. Let's find the fans of the show that are real estate agents who are also very, very good, have a great track record, uh, have uh, great reviews from the people that they uh, have served, and then let's let's put them through the ringer on some interviews and look at their best practices. How many do they hit? Do they hit enough to really be able to say, that's a good real estate agent? That's what we do at realestateagentsitrust.com. This is my company, uh, and these people do not work for me. We monitor them, and we recommend the best. And if they fall out of really strict parameters, they're gone. Um, We take this very seriously. 
realestateagentsitrust.com. If you're looking to buy or sell a house, we've got you covered. realestateagentsitrust.com, a free service to you. Do your own homework, interview them yourselves, but I think you're going to like them. realestateagentsitrust.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Have you seen Australia's gender ambassador? The video. This is uh, cut four. Uh, if you happen to be watching, and I'll describe it if you're just listening. But uh, go ahead and roll this, please. Hello, I'm Hello. Stephanie Copas Campbell, Australia's new ambassador for gender equality. Right. I'm incredibly honored to take on this role as uh-huh. the lead international advocate for Australia's now, commitment to gender equality. Now, if you happen to be watching, and the she, human rights of women and girls, she looks and like she's out of, of a horror movie. Gender identities. A little frightening. In uh, this mainly role, because I'm her eyes. To those who are dedicated to promoting gender equality. You've been listening to her. She hasn't blinked and yet. In communities, not once. Countries in our region it's like, and globally. Promoting gender equality is the uh, right thing to do. It's like her eyelids have been smart thing to do. It is sewn to, to the top of her head. Economic it's, development and regional security, uh-huh. as well as our international. Okay, so anyway, it's a good thing that we have the new ambassador. We know who that is. Mike Lee's coming up in just a second. There was um, a tweet from Mike uh, this week, and we'll get to that in a second. First, I want to I want to play the uh, video of him at the State of the Union uh, this weekend or this uh, last week. Go ahead and roll that. Or is that just a, a film uh, uh, still? Uh, okay, so Mike Lee is uh, uh, Mike Lee is there in the uh, in the chambers listening to the president. And at one point, uh, they're talking about Social Security. And he just has this look on his face like, what the what? What are you even? It was quite a, from the guy who. Really, when he lives it up, he has a glass of milk and is like, guys, I just want to tell you, I'm just so I'm having out of control fun right now. Um, any kind of emotion uh, being shown by Mike, who is very well tempered, uh, was quite stunning. But I also asked him about the tweet that he had up where he was talking about um, uh, the uh, State of the Union uh, I'm sorry, the um, uh, the balloon being, uh, I'm sorry, there's so many scandals. The Ukrainian uh, Nord Stream pipeline being blown up. And in this, he said, uh, it's war if it's true, slander if it's not. And I called him right away and said, Mike, and he said, you know, it scares me, Glenn, that I don't know. I really don't know. He spent the day yesterday talking to people and tracking things down, and he says he has an answer for us on that, or a pretty good answer for us, um, and he'll share that with you coming up in, in just a minute. Did the United States blow up the Nord Stream pipeline? It must be answered the next. The Glenn Beck Program.
about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. What a coincidence. I mean, what are the odds? Seriously, this is the Glenn Beck Program, and my name is Glenn Beck. I mean, that's crazy. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. It is Friday, America, and we've got a couple of things that uh, we're going to be addressing this hour. One is, I don't know, did we blow up the Nord Stream pipeline? Seems like a big deal. You know, if we did, did we? Mike Lee uh, did some homework on this uh, yesterday, and he's going to come and tell us his, uh, give us the results of this. And uh, I, I don't know if it's still a, a best guess or not. I hate being in this position because 20 years ago, if you would have said that, I would have dismissed it out of hand, out of hand. Just like I did with, you know, George Bush knew about the World Trade Center. That's nonsense. It's nonsense. Now, were there some things going on? Sure there were. Sure there were. But he didn't know planes. But you say that to me today? about this administration, I hesitate. That's not healthy for a republic. That is not healthy. Do they actually represent us or their own interests? We go there with Mike Lee in 60 seconds. You know, there comes a time eventually when it's too late to do the things you should have done, but kept putting them off. That's especially dangerous when we're talking about your financial security. There are no guarantees about tomorrow or next week or next year. If you keep putting off what you know you need to do, you might wake up one day and find out that that chance to protect everything that you work for has passed you by. Look, here's the um, here's the root of this. So I'm, I, I, I'm sending you to Goldline just to do some homework. Just ask them for this information. The hedge against insanity, honestly. I talked to Jeff Go, uh, Jeff Brown earlier in the podcast. Get the podcast wherever you get your podcast and listen to it if you missed it. Um, but I talked to him uh, earlier. He's a futurist. And I said, what do you think about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency? And he's actually optimistic. He thinks he's he, he hedged a little bit there. You know, I, I think I'm pretty optimistic about it going forward. But his real concern was the digital fed coin that we know they're coming out with when they do that most likely it's going to be after some sort of a big shock to the system and we'll all be shocked and they'll be shocked and what do we do and they'll introduce the fed coin that's what i think is coming and i think it's coming in the next 12 to 18 months but that's just me please prepare do your own homework. Find if gold or silver is right for you. They're offering free metals delivered directly to your front door with every qualified self-directed IRA transaction this month at Goldline. Huge special. Please don't ignore this. Goldline. Call them today. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Senator Mike Lee, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, and it's an honor to be on the phone with the most well-preserved 37-year-old on radio. <laughs> you know, Mike, I, uh, I I wanted to invite you to my party this weekend, but I, you know, last time you came, the neighbors called. Uh, I called you 37. That's a compliment. <laughs> uh, so, Mike, uh, this week has been really, it, it taught me something. Um, I don't. In the end, I don't believe the Seymour Hirsch article. He's got 
only one source and he's got a reputation of of you know making things up and really only respected by you know the far far left um but i don't know and it uh disturbs me that i couldn't out of hand reject that as a nonsense idea you feel the same way yeah yeah i feel the same way i have the same reaction that's why when i um, tweeted it out i said if if false slanderous if true war uh, that's the part that's troubling now since then i've had the opportunity to talk to a number of my colleagues colleagues who have uh, delved deeply into some classified matters uh, across the board and um, a number of uh, all of them who expressed an opinion on it um, have said that they believe it to be false. I've asked for a classified briefing on it. It may uh, take a few days for me to get that set up. But what this does do is it tees up some questions. Okay, hang on just a second. Hang um, on. When they said before yeah. you go there, let me ask you, let me clarify. They said they don't think it's true or they said it's not true. They, they said it's not true. OK, they, good. They affirmatively believe it to okay, be false. Good, those good, who good, expressed good. an opinion. Not all of them uh, had um, had had enough information uh, to to really speak to it. But those that did uh, uniformly said, yeah, this isn't true. And and I have reasons for it uh, to believe that it's not true. OK, but here are some things that that, that kind of linger. Um, first of all, does President Biden and does the uh, executive branch of government generally in and out of Republican and Democratic in, administrations does it believe that it's got the authority to undertake this kind of hostile action without in, informing Congress? This is what was so troubling about it is it described in great detail how one would go about it if they wanted to engage in a clandestine military operation, one that could somehow bypass not only uh, a constitutional requirement for a declaration of war or an AUMF, but even notifying congressional leaders. Right. Uh, as you have well. a explain this, Mike. There is a gang of eight, which is uh, the represents the Senate and the House, uh, both intel committees. Right. And yes. you that those eight people are it read in at the highest level of anything like this. But this article from Seymour Hirsch said, yeah, uh, we can go around that easily and and laid it out in great detail. Have you done any work on that to see if that's even possible? Yeah, so th- there, there are theoretically ways in which they could avoid that. And if they did, the geopolitical consequences would be enormous. Enormous. If, in fact... If, in fact, this attack was designed to force Europe to end its reliance on Russian, Russian natural gas, you know, in order to secure support for the effort against Russia in Ukraine, if they, in fact, did that, then these consequences would be enormous. This would be not only a direct attack on Russia, but also an act of hostility that has massive impacts on Germany, on France, spillover ramifications really right. all over Europe. Whole world. We're, we're talking about millions yeah. of Europeans who have had gas supply affected by this disruption. So if this report were true, uh, 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 then it, it would be incredibly troubling, to say the least. I, I'll tell you, Mike, uh, there, there's the kind of we, we, have, we have seen things in the past that our government did that they did in secret and we we didn't know. And when we find out, we correct it um, or at least try to. But this one, it, to me, is different than anything I've seen in history. 
because as this came out and I first read it, I thought to myself, good Lord, if this is true, our children are going to be fighting a war that none of us had any idea or any participation in any of this stuff. It's a group of people who have decided they know best and they're committing us to war. That is that is so un-American, so against. I mean, it felt like, you know what? I, I would rather have our military go in and march up and get those guys that did all of this and try them than go fight Russia because I would kind of agree with Russia. <laughs> we shouldn't have done that. No, that's, that's exactly right. And regardless of how this happened or, or whether any of this happened at all, um, I, I really would like to know who did it. Because it's not just anyone who can go out into the ocean I know. and go deep down uh, into the ocean and sever multiple pipelines uh, uh, and then set it up in such a way that you're not anywhere near the blast zone uh, when the event finally takes off. Have you talked so to anybody? To know who that is. Have you talked to anybody who knows how many nations could pull something like that off? Yeah, I've talked to a handful of colleagues who have said uh, that, you know, they can think of some that could have done it. And um, it's not something we can talk about outside of a classified environment. But that's part of why I've requested this briefing. Okay, And is is, but there are some some other suspects that would make sense. I, I, I don't know. I don't know that I can make sense of it before I know who it is who could even technologically speaking, pull it off. So but, I just had Mike Pompeo on and he said that he thought it was Russia to drive up the price of oil. Yeah. Okay. So that, that one is really hard for me to accept. You remember Glenn, Russia is pulling in or has been pulling in a billion dollars a day in natural gas revenue, natural gas revenue that it's selling to Europe. I, I believe Germany alone sends them money uh, 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 along the lines of about a billion dollars a day for their natural gas. To bite the hand that feeds in so prominent and severe a way, it doesn't really add up. But could, it, it, you never know. Uh, Russia can do some weird stuff. That one seems to be stretching the imagination a little. Um, Mike, on the same day that this came out, about two hours later, there was a report uh, from CNN that had security insiders that uh, uh, found out that uh, we had evidence that Vladimir Putin shot down uh, the Malaysian airliner and that it, it was the missiles came from Russia and that it was tracked to him uh, saying that they were going to shoot shoot this down. Uh, I found the timing to be extraordinary. Russia comes out with a story or Seymour Hearst comes out with a story that we did an act of war. And two hours later, lo and behold, here is Vladimir Putin uh, committing an act of war. Is that a yes. coincidence? Uh, I, um, one one could argue that it, it is not. Look, Vladimir Putin is an evil man. Oh, yeah, I know that. Uh, he, he's a megalomaniac. He is uh, uh, one who has genocidal ambitions, and um, his ambitions know no boundaries. And so I I wouldn't put anything past him. When you look at what um, uh, 
uh, England is doing, training pilots now uh, in Ukraine. That's clearly um, the next step to receiving planes for them to fly. Are, are you concerned at all about the equipment and everything that we're sending over uh, that at some point, I mean, I know I would really at this point, if I was in Russia's shoes, I'd be like, what? I mean, you know who we're really fighting. It's not the Ukrainians. It's the West. Look at what they're doing. Right. So right. is there a point that is a breaking point where we're, People like you will stand up, and I know you have already spoken out about a lot of this stuff, but where you're like, no more. This is it. This is insane. Yeah, yeah look, um, I believe that we have to tread especially carefully when approaching a nuclear-armed near-peer geopolitical adversary, which Russia is. And I believe that um, w- while these are questions of degree and uh, many people will focus on the difference between defensive weapons and, and assistance and non-defensive, I-, I think if we take one step further, we will have obliterated any distinction. Mm-hmm. And I think if we're going to take one step further in that direction, we need to have an authorization for the use of military force or a I declaration agree. of war. If it's one thing, if we're going to get involved in a war with Russia, I don't want that at all, to be sure. But if America is going to consider that, it needs to have elected representatives in Congress making that decision and not just have it made sort of sideways through appropriations for funding and bold statements by our executive. I mean, that's why um, England was in so much trouble by the time we entered World War uh, Two. Congress had blocked any of the sales of stuff. I mean, it had to go through Congress. All right. Um, hang on just a second, because I want to talk to you a little bit about something that happened at the at the State of the Union and some things that have now been released um, with you. Apparently, Mike, oh, you're an evil hater of everyone who is elderly. Um, we're going to talk to you about that coming up in just a second. First, let me tell you about Car Shield. Um, I have a couple of uh, vehicles or trucks. I have them out on the, the farm and the ranch. And and I have to tell you, they are dirty, they are dented, they are old, but they run and run and run. I bought diesel engines so they would I wouldn't have problems with them in the long run. I could put 400,000 miles on them if I had to. Well, I don't want them breaking down because they're long out of warranty. And one of the trucks a couple of summers ago broke down, and thank goodness I had car shield. It was like a six or $7,000 repair. And I got to the place and I said, why didn't you call me? I, I, $7,000, the truck isn't even worth that. And I said, why didn't you call me? And he said, because you had CarShield. They authorized it. They paid for it. And I'm like, oh, I mean, yeah. Well, can you fix the seats too? Anyway, CarShield, save up to 20% on your plan right now and always be prepared for the unexpected. 800-227-6100, 800-227-6100, or go to carshield.com slash back. That's carshield.com slash back. 10 seconds and back to Mike Lee. Uh, Mike, when the president uh, at the State of the Union was talking about, you know, defunding Social Security, I love the look on your face. The the camera got to you and you were just dumbfounded. You were like, what the <laughs> what is going on here tonight? Uh, first of all, do you have any comment on on the speech and how you were feeling that night? 
Yeah, I was stunned. Look, this is my 13th State of the Union that I've attended since I've been at the United States Senate, and I've never seen such brazen uh, falsehood spewed from the President of the United States. He sat there and accused Republicans, claimed quite falsely that Republicans were saying that they were going to mess with Social Security and their in our negotiations over conditions for raising the debt ceiling. It's just false. It is categorically false. And he sat there and said that in front of us, then looked stunned that we took exception to it. And then after that, uh, the next day, gave speeches and sent out tweets, uh, tried to make us look like hypocrites, but still demonstrating that he doesn't understand what he's dealing with. He doesn't even understand the facts that he's trying to raise. Right. And so one of the things that they sent out was a clip of you. We have the clip. Uh, Let's uh, play that, please. I'm here right now to tell you one thing that you probably haven't ever heard from a politician. It will be my objective to phase out Social Security, to pull it up by the roots and get rid of it. People who advise me politically always tell me that's dangerous, and I tell them, in that case, it's not worth my running. I said to my wife when I heard that, she said, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they're saying this about Social Security. And I said, yeah, I know, because if that was really what the Republicans were doing, I'd want to vote for them. Uh, But we have to take on Social Security. But that doesn't mean leaving old people without any kind of uh, uh, fulfillment of the promise. Can you explain this clip? Yes, absolutely. First of all, through programs like that, through Social Security in particular, the government has created a program. They promised people back in the 30s when they created it. This will be your money, your account, your retirement. We can't. We won't touch it because it's your money. It was absolutely false. Mm. They were lying. They've been lying for decades. They've been stealing, plundering this Social Security trust fund. They do it all the time. They've done it even just in the years since I've been in the Senate. So what I was channeling there was the fact that Social Security, as it's been set up, as it's been managed, has really hurt people. Mm-hmm. And it's been an act of deception. What the president, of course, didn't play, uh, and, and, and what you didn't play was the rest of the sentence, the rest of that communication and any other that I've ever had, which was where I said, we, of course, have to honor the promises of people who have paid into this thing. You can't just leave them hanging, having been promised. Uh, in other words, it's a long-term objective, one that would take right. decades to complete, because you do have to honor those promises. But Social Security, as we know it, as it's been raided and plundered, has been used as a tool to take money from Americans, to provide this little slush fund piggy bank for Congress to raid whenever it wants to. I, I, to I'm mismanage and to distribute to other pet progressive priorities, which is awful. I have to tell you, I'm, I'm uh, 59, so I'm just, you know, a few years away from Social Security. I've known my yeah, whole life. The level of a six-year-old. Pardon me? Yeah, I know. You read at the level of a six-year-old. <laughs> right, thank you. Uh, uh, I've known my whole life Social Security is going to collapse, so I haven't counted on it. Now, I'm in a situation where I don't have to count on it, but if they would have invested my money, I started working when I was eight, uh, and I started getting an official paycheck when I was 13. So I've been paying into Social Security for many years. If my money would have been invested and would have been in stocks, I can't tell you how wealthy I would be today. 
And that's really what they promised us they were going to do. And they didn't. So now we can't pay for anything. But there does come a time. There's not anybody my age that hasn't heard this from the beginning. I was in high school. I heard it from Reagan. I mean, we've known it's not going to last. There comes a time when you have to say, guys, we're going to finish the generation that really needs it right now. But we we've got to we got to shut the taps down. We're going to do it slowly, methodically, and with lots of time. But we got to shut this off. And I I commend you for that, Mike. I commend you. And, Thank and, you. In all my twelve years in the Senate, I've never proposed abolishing those benefits. Of course not. I've instead looked for ways to make them sustainable. Oh. And shame on the president for lying about this. Wow, he actually used it. He actually used the lying word. Mike is so temperate at everything. Mistruths. But uh, thank you, Mike. God, God bless you. I love thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. He, he is such a he's such a radical, isn't he? The Glenn Mistruths. Beck program. <laughs> Did anybody notice that the first time he couldn't bring himself to say lie? He didn't want to go there. And I thought this is the guy that everybody tries to make into a radical. Please um, let me talk to you about Tunnel to Towers. Out of the ashes of tragedy of 9/11, Tunnel to Towers has been honoring America's heroes and doing good in their world ever since. If you've not heard of them, let me introduce you to them. They are an organization that provides mortgage-free homes to families of fallen and severely injured veterans and first responders. I have watched these people since 9-11. They do just incredible, incredible work. They do it for the police officers that lose their life. My wife, uh, I think her cousin, uh, was married to one of the police officers that died up in Connecticut. And I find out that within days of him being killed, Tunnel to Towers was there paying off their mortgage to make sure that they were okay as a family. It's an amazing group. They just would love you to donate to them. Can you do $11 a month? Tunnel2Towers.org. It's T, the number 2T.org. T2T.org. All right, don't forget, you can subscribe right now to The Blaze. You get everything early and exclusive. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn, code word S-O-T-U. All right, you sick freak. Welcome to uh, Friday. We have a few things. I would like to. Uh, I'd like to play Joe Biden on the uh, balloon. This is uh, cut to Joe Biden. The Chinese balloon was it a threat? Wasn't it a, a major breach, security breach for the United States? Just the fact that the balloon came into the airspace no. and flew over the country for so many days. No, look, <laughs> the total amount of. Uh, Intelligence gathering is going on by every country around the world is overwhelming. And the idea that a balloon could traverse, uh, break American airspace is, uh, anyway. What? It's, it's not a major breach. Okay. I, who feels confident we, we're being, we've got a stern captain who knows the path. Um, uh, so it, it wasn't a major breach. It wasn't a major brief, uh, or breach. Um, then why did we use a million-dollar missile to shoot it down? 
I mean, if it wasn't a breach, you should have just come out and said, it's not a breach. Okay. But we used a million dollar missile to shoot it down into the water and we didn't target the balloon. We targeted the little suitcase thing, you know, the, the, I mean, I don't even know how big it was probably maybe, maybe three feet by a foot by two feet, three feet. Maybe, maybe, maybe. So let's just look at a piece of luggage. We have uh, Jason Buttrell in, who is uh, our chief researcher. Jason, military, one of those missiles, they're made to take down what? Uh, Uh, Full on aircraft. (laughs) Full on aircraft. Okay. (laughs) So we shot one at a size of like, you know, luggage. I've got an old Samsonite and I've got a big radio in there and a transmitter my toothbrush and my underpants and it's flying on a balloon it's hit squarely by one of those missiles how much is left of that nothing i mean <laughs> practically nothing maybe right. a small piece of metal something like right that. maybe nothing maybe. you could use correct nothing that's going to give you any indication other than this came from the earth this was man-made as a it's a metal alloy of some sort why do we have if it wasn't major if it was no big deal why do we have the seal team scuba diving trying to find any piece of it which you're not going to do and it's not going to be anything earth shattering but why do this doesn't make any sense to me at all now here's the good news I understand that the president has dispatched the big guns. Uh, he's got James Cameron uh, now under underwater with cameras. A bold move. It is. Yeah. It is. And so far, he's only found this old couple holding each other in bed. They were very, very <laughs> frightened. Uh, but uh, so we got James Cameron on it. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be good. Now, let me tell you about uh, the FBI. There is there is uh, hearings going on right now um, in Washington about the weaponization of the government and every single American. I don't care if you're left, right, independent, atheist, religious, whatever. We are all living under the same rights. And when there is uh, a breach of those rights on anyone It's a breach on all of us. And we have to go back to that understanding. When I was growing up, we used to say all the time, you know, boy, I don't agree with a word that you said, but I'll fight to the death for your right to say it. That was common. Do you ever hear that anymore? Except from somebody my age. I disagree with you 100%. In fact, I'm almost violently against you but i will fight for your right to say it because we're americans and when you have that attitude then everybody's safe everybody's safe you have to be willing to defend the most abhorrent ideas or abhorrent speech we do not regulate those things here so The FBI field office in Richmond released an internal memo warning that violent extremists are attracted to radical traditionalist Catholic ideology. Now, the memo goes on and and says, these are the people that are against 
Vatican II. Vatican II, the, really? The, isn't that the one that made the mass, took it out of Latin and made it into English? That's, they're going to they're gonna blow up the government because the mass isn't in Latin anymore? I mean, but then you start thinking about it. You're like, these traditionalists? I mean, have you listened to their music? I mean, if that doesn't Oof. fill you with rage, <laughs> <laughs> that isn't just like, oh, I've got to bomb something right now. <laughs> I have to. Anyway, uh, so listen to this. This is in the document. Uh, interest of radically or ethnically motivated violent extremists in radical traditionalist Catholic ideology most certainly presents new mitigation opportunities. Wait, 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 what? Most certainly presents new mitigation opportunities. Hmm. This is for FBI internal use only. Do not disseminate externally. Luckily, somebody was like, "Uh, I think I'm going to distribute this one externally. Um, The field office claims it has increasingly observed interest of radically or ethnically motivated violent extremists in the Catholic ideology, and uh, they were relying on the key assumption that radically or ethnically motivated extremists would continue to find radical traditional Catholic ideology attractive and connect it with, I don't know, bombs. I, I don't I have no idea. But I mean, if you're, if you're really hacked off that, like the mass isn't in Latin, I don't target a congressman. I don't know about you. I mean, I, I don't understand other than... This may be part of the warning that I have given you on, um, on Alexander Dugan, the traditionalist. Not a small T, but a capital T. That's a movement, the traditionalist movement. And that comes from Russia. You want to talk about a Russian infiltration. You want to talk about disinformation and radicalizing Americans and trying to destroy America. That's it. You want that one, FBI? Because I could give you the information. I know you have experts somewhere, but you want to look at traditionalism being dangerous. Let me introduce you to Alexander Dugan. That's dangerous. Somebody who's like, I really disagree with Vatican II. I don't think they're bombers. I don't think they're going to go after, you know, Obama or Biden or anybody else. Although they did say they have real disdain, I'm quoting, real disdain for most of the popes elected since Vatican II, particularly Pope Francis and then Pope John Paul II. Oh, my gosh. Well, Pope Francis, I mean, I don't know a Catholic who's like, that guy's sweet. No alarm bells go off with me. I mean, the only ones that I would know would be the mainstream media. They're like, he is just like St. Francis. I saw him hugging a deer last night. Uh-huh. So they have a problem with Pope Francis and Pope John Paul II. And they are anti-Semitic, anti-immigrant, anti-LGBTQI2+, and white supremacists. Really? I mean, I'm sure there are those traditional Catholics 
that are like that, just like I think there are those, you know, traditional Baptists, untraditional Baptists, uh, traditional Mormons, untraditional Mormons, Jews. Well, Jews probably not. Well, you know, they some of the amazing famous left wing Jews are very anti-Semitic, strangely. But I digress. Uh, He said this is a they said this is a small minority of overall Roman Catholic adherents. And, um, you know, they're they're upset against the teachings and traditions, uh, yada, yada, yada. Now, they used as a source the Southern Poverty Law Center. (laughs) So we have uh, so we have that. Um, And they also said this this is a way for them to um, connect with these radical traditional Catholic adherents, both virtually via social media and in person at places of worship. So I don't know how these FBI agents undercover are going to handle the Gregorian chant. I mean, that could, they could get dicey and then the incense on top of it. Okay. But uh, you learn the secret Latin code and you're in FBI. You'll be in. So what is this? What does this say? This is basically saying we're targeting the Catholics. Anybody who, you know, is a traditional Catholic, we're targeting you because you might be an enemy of the state. Do you remember the outcry when the terrorists were planning stuff in a mosque and the FBI would knock on the door? Excuse me, I don't mean to. I mean, I'm not going to come in. I'm not going to. I, I No, no, no. I even took my shoes off, you know, at the car. I've been walking through the muddy streets and and the syringes and the and, and the broken glass. But I, I'm here without my shoes and I'm being very rare. You know, the guy who's covered in soot that just ran in here. Yeah, he just blew up a building. Can we get him out? Oh, my gosh. How dare you take on this religion? Here you have them targeting by the way, they've retracted this. Now that this has come out, they said they were really, 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 really sorry. It was a mistake. It was, hmm? What'd you say? Bullcrap. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it was a mistake. It was a mistake. And they came out and said, we, we would not open an investigation based solely on First Amendment protected activity. We just wouldn't do it. Really? Well, do you have like the Catholic bombs or anything? What, 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 why, why were you infiltrating this group? Do you have evidence? Your evidence in the memo is like, they say bad stuff. They think bad things. There's no evidence in that memo that they're building bombs, planting bombs. None of that. It's all thought and speech. Here's the problem. We are confusing now crime with thoughts. We're, you know, I remember when Minority Report came out and you were like, oh my gosh, we're, we're four people lying in a milk bath away from doing Minority Report. All you need are the precogs. Well, and the bingo thing where the balls came down. And <laughs> B26. That's all we're that's that's all we're missing on this. We are now placing thought and speech as crime. 
Congratulations, America. Can you play that Catholic chant thing again? That Gregorian chant? I love it. This is one of my favorite. I have all these guys. I have I have their whole collection. Sometimes they just rip loose. And, you know, in Latin, they're like, let's blow up things right That's kind of how now. I'm feeling now. I yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty crazy. Because I'm thinking they're thinking right now of blowing stuff up. Right? Listen. Oh, my gosh. There it is. There it was. That was the thought. That was the moment. That was the moment. Okay, I don't think that's actually Gregorian chant. I've never heard the Gregorian chant with the the Jack Bauer drums behind it. And a synthesizer? Did they have? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Hey, God has everything. Uh, thank you so much. All right, let me tell you about Patriot Mobile. Standing up for what you believe in is really challenging, but there are basic things you can do. Like buying from companies that believe what you and I believe and then back it up with action. We've got to stick together. Yeah, even with the Catholics, apparently. <laughs> Catholics, when are you going to wake up? When are you going to wake up? And I say this to all churches. I'm sorry. To, I'm not just singling. Well, actually, I am just singling out Catholics. But <laughs> don't play this extremist. Because the story was about Catholics, but when are Catholics going to stand up and go, hey, um, there's a problem? Uh, anyway, Patriot Mobile, the only Christian conservative wireless provider, now offering a service with all three major networks. If, you're, if you like your coverage with the big three, but you really hate the big three, well, Patriot Mobile has a solution. Switch right now. Patriot Mobile. They share your values. They don't send your hard-earned money to abortion clinics. What a surprise. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. So go to PatriotMobile.com slash Beck right now or call 878-PATRIOT. 878-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Go there now. Offer code Beck. The Glenn Beck Program. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. I want to thank I want to thank Christina and Kirby, uh, the Kate girl. Um, if you've never seen a cake girl, follow her on Instagram. Amazing cake. She made my wife's uh, birthday cake, um, I don't know, last summer. And it, it, I mean, it looked, I wanted it to look like a, a giant pot of spaghetti and meatballs. It looked exactly like, it was incredible. Anyway, she makes these little cake girl cups. Great for Valentine's Day. And uh, they sent me some birthday cake cups, which, do I look like I need more cake, cu- cake cups? Uh, so thank you, Cake Girl. Go to cakegirl.com and find out about it. Um, look, it is my birthday, but yesterday was uh, Stu's birthday. And, um, you know, I always try to get something uh, for Stu's birthday that he could appreciate. And this year I want to get something that will really be something that he'll always remember. And, um, and that is, let me ask you, if you can pray as deeply as you can for the Eagles to lose um because that's a birthday gift that will just keep giving is one it's one he'll never forget he'll never forget that and as my birthday present it's really a two-for-one deal i will enjoy that enjoy that and unwrap that for weeks 
weeks. So go Kansas City. All right. We'll see you back here Monday. God bless. Thanks for listening. The Glenn Beck Program. 